You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here in DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. I am Steven Serta. Tuesday, September 5th, just two more days until the Kansas City Chiefs open the NFL season against the Detroit Lions. If you uh, are a participant in Red Friday, today is kind of the day you should be rocking your Chiefs stuff. If you uh, listen to Andy Reid and the way the Chiefs like to uh, build on these and practice ahead of these uh, short week games. So we've got a lot to get into on today's show. So let me welcome in the leader in chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sweeney, we got one more practice until real football. Yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, you said Red Friday. I think they're calling it Red Wednesday in, in the Chiefs building and with their marketing team. But in the football world, it is it is Friday in, in a sense. Uh, Andy Reid actual Friday last Friday he was calling it football Monday because what he likes to do is just give these guys what they might see during a regular football week and so that Thursday becomes Sunday and you work backward from there and I I asked Matt Nagy about that routine uh, yesterday and and he said it really makes it normal for the players believe it or not I, I know it's a weird concept thinking that Tuesday should be football Friday and so on and so forth but they're building up to what would have been a regular Sunday night in a, in a regular week that wasn't Thursday. And so the Chiefs are in their own world right now, but it's a world that's getting ready for the Detroit Lions. And I tend to think they're as excited as everybody else is uh, for Thursday night. So one more practice to go, and then the Chiefs will be off tomorrow as they kind of, kind of set themselves up for to, for the NFL kickoff on Thursday night at Arrowhead Stadium. So we should learn a little bit today at practice, but we're going to recap yesterday's practice from what Pete saw on the ground, update you on some injuries, and, and just kind of talk about the game a little bit more before we head into an off day for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, 
before we get into all of that stuff, we have to mention Chris Jones. Um, I don't think we need to dive into this too much, Pete. I think everybody has heard everything that there is to say at this point about Chris Jones' absence for the Kansas City Chiefs, but he is still not there. And I would have to imagine with one practice to go before they open the NFL season that it is very unlikely that Chris Jones is going to report to Arrowhead Stadium before Thursday's game. No, it, and and it's a, it's a shame that, that it's gotten to this point. I, I think everybody kind of feels the same way when it when it comes to the Chris Jones situation. It's just, I think players, coaches, fans, uh, everybody would like to see a resolution. But what you have here is a situation where both sides are, are dug in. There's been more information that's come out over the weekend. We covered it at arrowheadpride.com about potential offers. Seems to be a, a disagreement on whether or not to rip up the the contract that was signed in 2020 for the final year in 2023 seems like the Jones side wants all new money whereas the Chiefs want to keep that contract in place and add the new money what would be you know the 27 and a half per year onto the 2024 2025 years I think the holdup is the Chris Jones side wants it now and by doing so that would make the average naturally higher the Chiefs are are a team that is never going to forfeit flexibility to, to, to do something like that. They have a, a lot of players to, to pay uh, coming up here in Legereus Sneed, Nick Bolton, uh, Trey Smith is there, Creed Humphrey. They, they ended up drafting the best center in the league. So you, I think for the first time, uh, maybe since I've been covering the team, they're going to, they're going to want to pay him. Uh, but the long story short is they got more business to do. And uh, I don't think they're going to tie themselves up and they are eyeing now a real game that counts without the player that you could argue is the best defensive player on the team chris jones yeah it's a tough situation um but this is what happens in the nfl when you are a perennial contender a team that can compete for super bowls year in year out and i think the chiefs have built this thing the way that you're supposed to do it they've drafted and developed over the last couple of years and moved on from some longtime chiefs and you have to make some tough decisions, and I'm not saying that that's the decision that's being made right now with Chris Jones, but they still obviously have a lot of things to work out if they want Chris Jones to be a chief beyond this season. And you know, we don't want to see him sit out until week eight, uh, but that's what he's threatened to do. And all we can do right now is wait and see what eventually happens with him in the Kansas City Chiefs. But we hope to see him on the field soon because we don't want this to impact what the Chiefs can do this season. We don't want this to cost them games in any way, but they are obviously far apart on an agreement right now. So that's all we'll say on the Chris Jones front today. Uh, if anything changes, we'll obviously have that information for you immediately at arrowheadpride.com. We'll have plenty of podcasts coming your way this week ahead of the game. We're Loading up, we're basically doing our full seven-day schedule on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network in four days this week. Like We are loading up. Everything's coming your way early this week. We got an out of structure coming later on this afternoon. We'll have a great British Chiefs show coming this week, Chiefs Coast to Coast. We got an early edition of Kingdom Keys. We got an early edition of Show and BK. So we've got everything that you need to know ahead of the chiefs game on thursday so we will absolutely have you guys covered here on the arrowhead pride podcast network but lines are finally out for thursday's nfl opener and the chiefs open is six and a half point favorites on thursday night at arrowhead stadium i don't think that point total should be a shock even without chris jones in this game um 
Patrick Mahomes, we know his record in the month of September and all the success that he has had. Plus, you factor in that it's a Thursday night primetime game to open the NFL season. And these are the stages that he generally performs really well in. So really nothing surprising about the Chiefs opening as a six and a half point favorite at home. No, and I I think if if you, you take any kind of bias out of it, that's a tough spread. I, I think the Lions are, are a tough team to read because historically they've been this team that would fail a, a lot. But I, I don't think this is, so to speak, your uncle's Lions. And you wonder if they could go blow for blow with the Chiefs. I, I tend to think the Chiefs are still a better team. Uh, the Lions are naturally going to be hungrier in this game, right? To just think about the Chiefs when they went into New England that year when they were picked for the debut game of, of the regular season on banner night and just how much they wanted that one. And they ended up smacking the new England Patriots. Now, now you're the hunted, so to speak. And it's a Lions team that is dying to get in the playoff. I, I still tend to think the chiefs pull out this game with or without Chris Jones, but that, that spread scares me a little bit. I, I think if you're a better, maybe the over for me uh, is a little bit more attractive. Well, and for as dominant as this Chiefs team has been over the last several years with Patrick Mahomes, uh, they're not particularly good at covering the spread. Um, it's something no. that they really struggle with, and I think that kind of plays back to the Chiefs playing down to their opponents at times, but I think they will be ready for this Detroit Lions team. Uh, this is a serious team that they, they need to be weary of a little bit. They've got some dynamic playmakers and Amon Ross St. Brown and Rookie Jameer Gibbs, who I think a lot of NFL fans in general are just excited to see in the league and how the Detroit Lions deploy him on the offensive side of the ball. And they've got one of the best offensive coordinators in the game in Ben Johnson right now. So this is a very tough and young Lions team that's looking to make a statement. So that six and a half points seems kind of like a lot on Thursday night. It's tough. I, I think it's going to be a good game. And then nobody wants to hear that, uh, especially in Kansas City, but. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth game. I think both offenses are better than both defenses. Uh, I know the Lions are, are still coming offense, but I, I completely agree. They're adding a new weapon as well in Jameer Gibbs. And I talked to a few guys, Steve Spagnuolo, this week about just how hard it, it's to prepare for such a dynamic rookie when you don't know how the team is going to use him. There's absolutely no tape, right, uh, besides maybe some pre or preseason um, where you look at and say, oh, this is how they're going to use uh, Jameer Gibbs. So, it's a challenge, uh, but one I think the Chiefs are up for. And I, I I, think also I should say this, whenever I predict it's going to be this shootout, it ends up being 10-7 at the half. So don't take <laughs> take everything I'll say with the greatest result. Yeah, and this Lions team is, is going to be fun and interesting. And right now, uh, both teams appear relatively healthy, at least for the guys that you really want to get on the field. But we did get an injury report yesterday. And the Lions uh, certainly seem like they're in slightly better shape than the Kansas City Chiefs. Emmanuel Mosley, the only person who was a limited participant in practice for them. Uh, he was a big free agent signing for them on the defensive side of the ball last year when they had one of the worst secondaries in the NFL last year. They added a lot of guys to that group this offseason to try to make that defense better. And they've got an interesting young pass rush uh, along that defensive line and on the Chiefs' side, uh, Kadarius Tony was a limited participant yesterday. Tershawn Wharton was a limited participant. LeJerry Sneed also limited. And Richie James uh, was limited. I think James was really the only surprise, but I'm still not worried about any of these guys just based on 
what we've heard from the coaches this week, it sounds like they expect all of them to be able to take the field on Thursday. Yeah, I think this is just the Chiefs being smart uh, about their players. I, I just tend to wonder out loud if, if Legarius Sneed and Kadarius Tony are not only going to be limited this week, but like every week <laughs> because they, you know, they just want to make sure that they're ready for, for game day. Richie James was a surprise, but based upon talking with Dave Tobe, special teams coordinator this week, it doesn't seem like they're expecting to be without him uh, in this game, which is a very good thing. And so I, I think the Chiefs are trending in the right direction health-wise. I asked uh, the coordinators yesterday if if Snead and Tony would be on, on a pitch count. Steve Spagnuolo essentially said that he would leave that up to Legarius and how he's feeling So that tends to, to tell me that he'll be on the field as, as so long as, as he's feeling good. Uh, Matt Nagy would go into less specifics about Tony, but did add the fact that like this is part of the reason why we have seven receivers. When you have seven receivers, it's going to be a lot of rotation anyway. And so Kadarius Tony, I, I guess if I'm throwing a, a dart here, I would, I would expect somewhere between the 10 and 15 snap range and maybe some of those orchestrated touches that, that you saw at the Super Bowl or, or with Nicole Hardman in, in previous seasons. And going back to Sneed, if he's can't just, you know, roll out and, and be a starter on the defense and, and play, you know, 90% of the snaps or something like that, like he did in years past, I would have to imagine we just see him on the field in blitzing situations and like special packages just to try to generate some pass rush without Chris Jones on the field, because we know how good Sneed can be at that stuff. And you know, I, I mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown already, and, you know, the fantasy football owners out there are probably well aware of what a stud he is. And he's a predominantly slot wide receiver for the Detroit Lions who catches a ton of passes, and he's very dynamic. He's very tough to tackle. And, you know, traditionally we'd see Sneed match up with him, but the Chiefs have Trent McDuffie now, and Trent McDuffie can play inside and outside. And so if Sneed is on a pitch count on Thursday, I think we're going to see a lot of Trent McDuffie on Amon Ross St. Brown. And for the hopeful Chiefs fans who are expecting to see Trent McDuffie hopefully take that next step in his development in year number two and, and really announce himself as a possible elite corner in the NFL, this is about as good a test as you could see anywhere across the league on Thursday night against Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, and... I, I just think we shouldn't overlook the fact that in a perfect world, Sneed would be on him all game. That's what they were doing last year. Uh, Sneed was really starting at the end of the, the year and then the playoffs of following the tallest and best receivers around. Remember, Trent McDuffie is a little bit undersized and they do like him in the slot. And so if Sneed is limited, it's going to make the Chiefs do things that they you know, would rather not be doing defensively. I don't, I don't disagree with you. I've actually talked to Trent McDuffie about uh, I'm Ross St. Brown, and, and what stood out to, to him on film was just how many different ways the Lions use him and just how much he can do. I, I still think he's one of the more underrated players in the NFL when it comes to the wide receiver position, and the fact is that Steve Spagnuolo understands that. So they're going to have eyes, they're going to have a plan, even if it's coming down to extra safety help when you see him on the field, but uh, they're going to make sure that they have the, the personnel in place to, to try to curb him. Um, and he's going to win some. I mean, he, he's that good of a receiver to me. I, I, I really think he's among the elite and, and kind of hiding in plain sight uh, in a sense. But I, I think generally speaking, they just they just don't want him to wreck the game. And I know that they'll have a plan for him. Yeah. And Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson said earlier this week about rookie running back Jameer Gibbs, like 
people are going to be shocked with some of the ways we utilize him. I feel like teams say this every year, like we have this running back who's an incredible pass catcher. So we're going to deploy him as a wide receiver and then we don't ever really see it. So I'm not buying that from Ben Johnson (laughs) right now, but yeah, yeah, just like, uh, just like Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be the starting receiver in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and it's uh, if they do do that, um, obviously it's going to be a, a tough matchup for the Chiefs linebackers because we'll probably see Willie Gay and, and Drew Tranquil and, and players like that match up against Gibbs, who is a very dynamic playmaker. But really, overall, I think what you should take away from this is that the Lions have a very good offense. They have a very talented group of playmakers. And it's going to be a tough test for the Chiefs defense on Thursday night. So Steve Spagnuolo is going to have his hands full, but we heard from him yesterday and he is well aware of that fact. So I don't think the Chiefs are taking the Lions lightly whatsoever. Um, You're on the practice field yesterday. We already went through the injuries and the guys that were limited, but anything else that you took away from Monday's practice as we head into Tuesday's final practice before the game on Thursday? Yeah, just as a reminder, I mean, we, we only get about 20 minutes, basically pseudo warmups um, when it comes to when it comes to the practices now that we're out of training camp. Uh, but, uh, you know, as we mentioned, I, I think it was good to see all 53 players out there uh, again. The Chiefs faced some injuries at the end of the preseason and training camp. So uh, remember, this is all 53 players other than Chris Jones, who is not currently on the uh, on the 53 man roster. And uh, I, I just feel pretty uh, okay about the Chiefs going at this without Jones. Uh, maybe I'll regret those words uh, at the end of the first quarter, but I think they're, they have a plan to rotate the defensive linemen a lot. We expect the, the starters um, to be Karloftis and, and Dana on the outside. I think Turk Wharton is going to be healthy enough on the inside. Same thing with Derek Nottie. And you're going to see some mixing and matching as we go. You know, we'll see what Keandre Coburn can do. We'll see what a guy like Felix Andrew-Duguay-Azama, Malik Herring can do, and they're going to be mixing and matching. Remains to be seen if Neil Farrell uh, will participate in this game. He's very new to the team, and he also missed practice on Sunday for an excused personal reason. So we'll see, but I think the Chiefs are eyeing this defensive line room as, look, we are going to throw a lot of different looks uh, at the opposing team, and we may not have Chris Jones, but we're going to try to exploit some mismatches. So See how it goes. Uh, I know the Chiefs are, are trying to remain as optimistic as they can, and I, I know the fan base is following suit. Yeah, it's there's two position groups for the Chiefs we should be paying very close attention to on Thursday, and that's the defensive line and that's the wide receiver room. But that's been the case all off season. So if you were going up to training camp and paying attention to those groups, nothing's changing in week one of the NFL season. So. We've got you covered here at Arrowhead Pride. As I mentioned, we've got tons of stuff coming out for you this week. Make sure you're locked into arrowheadpride.com. You can follow Pete on Twitter at PGSween. I'm Stephen Serta. That's where you can find me. Uh, uh, I, I lied to you yesterday about the Arrowhead Pride editor show. We had something come up, had to change schedules. Editors <laughs> will be back next week. I, I promise you'll get your Pete and John fix in. I, I swear. Uh, but, you know, some well, things. The, the big thing is, I mean, we wouldn't even have had any merit in takeaways yet this week. So we'll have plenty for you ready, uh, ready and ready to go on uh, Monday. Yeah, it's a, an even slower cooked version of marinated takeaways returning yeah. for you yeah. next week. So, again, we've got an out of structure coming up later today. So be on the lookout for that. Plenty of content coming your way on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network all week. 
As always, please make sure you leave a rating and review, and Pete will read it on next week's Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. Again, I'm Steven Serta. Chiefs are off tomorrow, so no Arrowhead Pride report tomorrow, but we will be back later this week on Friday with a live edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report where you can submit questions for us and we'll answer them after the Chiefs take on the Detroit Lions on Thursday night. We will talk to you guys then. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.